show. This is Chris, Chris Comedy Advice to Fix Your Life. I'm your host, Chris, joined in the studio today by the one, the only, Mike is in the building. He is our former best friend in the whole wide world. Now he's just known as our audio engineer, producer, whatever the hell he does here. Michael, go ahead and say hi to the people, your fans, your lovers, please. Wow. Hey, everyone. I think we got what? Wow, hate. Hey, everyone. That's uh, four words from Michael. Let's give him a golf clap. That is much more than usual. Thank you, Mike. We also have our uh, not so long. He's not. It's no longer the new best friend in the whole wide world because Dell has been around here for a while. He has earned his stripes. Dell, let the folks at home know you are real. Por favor. I'm definitely a real person in the room. Thank you very much, Dell. He's standing in the corner on standby when we need him. You guys might know me. From this podcast, I do the damn thing. I do it. Oh, we're cursing this week. Uh, last week, we were not cursing so we could avoid the uh, parental advisory. Turns out, turns out, not having that explicit content filter did not help. We, we were trying to avoid getting that little parental advisory. Didn't help our numbers. In fact, they went down a little bit. So we're going all out, you know? Kids like the parental advisory sticker, as they say on, or Bobby Hill said, it's part of the artwork on the album, Dad. That's just how that's just how you know it's a good album. So we're going to have that little explicit content fill, uh, label on this episode, I guess, because we're already saying the D word. I'm Chris. <laughs> I host this podcast called Chris to Chris, which you can download for free. Anywhere podcasts are sold for free. We are there. Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, your mama's house. We are there. We're also on upandloaded.com which is where this podcast is hosted, which is not for free. In fact, the day this episode airs, boom, money is going out of my account to renew hosting. So I hope you guys are enjoying the show. I hope you're telling people about it. I hope you are taking your mother's phone when she goes to the bathroom and liking at Up and Loaded on her Facebook page, on her uh, Twitter, whatever, whatever she's at, whatever she has, instant graham cracker. You're, you're, you're typing in U-P-N-L-O-A-D-E-D and hitting that like button. Your mama needs to listen. Your daddy needs to listen. Your cousin, your brother, your uncle needs to listen. Just saying. We have a great show for y'all this week. <laughs> We're going to be talking about uh, sitcoms. A lot. We're going to be talking about UFOs, because that's the thing. We're also going to be talking about Ajax Enemas, the best animated series of all time, Wingstop, listener questions, and a whole lot more. It should be fun. So, let's get into it. Why not? The other night, my wife and I were watching Hulu in the uh, chair couch situation that I alluded to last week. We did finally sleep on the bed, by the way. Okay, so just to recap with us... Uh, listeners, us listeners, I, by us listeners, I mean you listeners, I'm the speaker in this situation. Just to recap, what's been going on? We have a newborn baby, newborn son, we love him to death. <sighs> we haven't slept in the bed so much, so last night, I said we would do it last weekend, didn't happen, but last night was the first night we really tried to make an earnest attempt to sleep in a bed again. Didn't go that well, uh, we were both very uncomfortable, he seemed to do okay, you know, he's a baby, he seemed to be alright, he's like, yeah, this is fine. Just keep holding me. Be uncomfortable. So, where am I going with this? Uh, point is, oh, <laughs> earlier this week, before we tried to sleep in the bed, we were uh, doing our thing. Sleeping on the couch, sleeping on the chair. Me in the chair, her on the couch with the baby. And uh, we uh, put on the old Hulu. And my wife starts to fade, so I say, you know, I'm going to just put on some bullshit. I put on uh, Family Matters. Now, you guys know Family Matters. That's the show with, uh, uh, it's, a, it's a black sitcom from the 90s, late 80s uh, to uh, all the way up to the late 90s, starring uh, Steve Urkel, Carl Winslow, Eddie Winslow, Laura Winslow, Richie, Little Richie, as they called him. And uh, we, miss, uh, we miss Laura and Eddie's sister. That she, she just disappeared early on into the show, and uh, they never talked about her again. It was one of those things that happened in sitcoms. Anyway, I digress. We were watching Family Matters. I said, you know what? Let's just watch some bullshit. You can fall asleep to this. And then I can put on something else. So we started watching Family Matters like a year ago. And then we fell off. Because if you know Family Matters, you know that that show jumps the shark hard. And we will get into that a lot this episode. So by 
by whatever day it was, it was like Monday or Tuesday. By by Monday or Tuesday, we had already been up to season eight of Family Matters, which opens with a three-part trilogy set in Paris, or Paris, if you are French. And I told my wife, I've got to talk about this trilogy on the podcast. And she didn't think it was a good idea. She didn't think it was a good idea. She's like, really? You're going to talk about Family Matters, a show that hasn't been on since like 1998? You're going to talk about that for an entire podcast? No, not an entire podcast, but I'm going to talk about it quite a bit as we will all get to understand. And, you know, we will find out by the end of this episode whether or not my wife was right. But we're going to talk about Family Matters. So I've got a good feeling about it. Let's just, let's just be clear, okay? You know, there's this, there's this feeling of dread that she had. But I've got a good feeling that talking about family matters is a good idea. I feel like the adventures of Mr. Steve Urkel in Paris should not be ignored. We'll say that, right? So this week we're going to break down three of the greatest episodes of TV to ever air on TV. Now, if you're unfamiliar with Family Matters, it is that show that I mentioned. It's uh, Steve Urkel. Well, we'll just say that. By the end of the show, it was the Steve Urkel show. You, you understand. When I say Steve Urkel, you know what I'm saying. Did I do that? That that guy. That guy. Okay? It started about as a show about a black family in Chicago. It ended as the wacky adventures of Steve Urkel. When the show first started, it, w- it was very grounded, right? It was very grounded. It was like, Eddie, I can't believe you gave away my teddy bear that I loved as a child. You just threw it away. And then Steve Urkel uh, spends all Christmas Eve night looking through the dump to find the teddy bear. And somehow this fool finds a teddy bear. Sorry, spoilers. There's going to be some Family Matters spoilers in this episode. So if you're worried about that and you really want to watch nine or ten seasons of Family Matters, you might want to skip over this episode until you find the uh, drinking power to do that. Anyway. The show eventually became what we're about to talk about today. And like I said, uh, this trilogy starts with episode one of season eight. And as the show progressed, uh, Mr. Steve Urkel, he became the star of the show. It, it, it was called Family... Steve Urkel was not in the first... Uh, I don't know, even I don't even know if he was in the first season of Family Matters. Family Matters really did start out as a show about a family. Steve Urkel was the annoying, nerdy neighbor. But he was very popular. This guy was popular. Mr. Jaleel White, who played him, was very popular. And so they're like, yo, we need more of this guy. This guy gets the ratings. He became a big part of the show. So early on into the show, Steve starts doing things. He starts creating things. Like, well, this guy's a nerd. He can, he, we can use him as a tool to just create wacky premises. I think in like the first or second season, we'll say second, third season, tops, of knowing Steve Urkel, Steve creates a robot of himself, a sentient robot, creating the first real artificial intelligence as we know it, excuse me, and they totally underplay that. They totally don't go like, whoa, we just created a sentient robot that has feelings and emotions. And I think he even eventually creates a sentient robot version of Laura, the girl he's in love with. They don't even acknowledge it. For all I know, they kill these robots. It's very tragic. It's very uh, iRobot-ish. It's very uh, Isaac Asimov. (laughs) Point is, is that this is just the beginning. This is just them scratching the surface, you know? Like, oh yeah, we made a robot. Back Back to doing some family stories, right? Wrong, wrong, you know? They're like, hey, remember that time Steve Urkel made a robot? Why don't we go batshit crazy, right? That was just the beginning. Steve eventually made a machine that would chemically alter his DNA, turning him into another person, Mr. Stefan Urkel. He's a cool guy. He's a cool version of Steve. And if you watched that show in the 90s, you thought Stefan Urkel was a cool guy. You watch it now, you're like, well, this guy was kind of still, still kind of a geeky guy playing the cool guy, but... Wow, you guys, if you don't like Family Matters, you're all, I'm, I've already lost you. <laughs> let's get into this, all right? So at the end of Season 7, let's fast forward. At the end of Season 7 of Family Matters, remember, Steve is now the main guy in this show. At the end of Season 7 of Family Matters, 
Steve Urkel invents a working cloning machine. And it doesn't just clone things. It clones uh, living things, non-living things instantly, just like that. Just like a, a Thanos snap, right? Just like that. And he just decides, hey, fuck it. I'm going to clone myself. I'm going to clone myself. Sits in the cloning machine, walks away, makes another clone. Like, oh, man, what are we going to do? We have two Steve Urkels. That's too annoying. We can't make that a premise in the show. And we, we can't kill him because that would be very dark for a show called Family Matters, a sitcom called Family Matters. You can't just kill somebody in a show that has a laugh track, right? And then Laura, the girl that Steve is in love with for the entirety of the show, she is, like, always horny for Mr. Stefan Urkel. Anytime Stefan is in the show... Anytime Steve turns himself into Stefan, she's always like, yo, I got to give me more of that Stefan. So they're like, what do we do with this extra Steve Urkel? And she's like, I have an idea. And they decide to permanently turn that clone into Stefan Urkel. This is a show called Family Matters, right? She's like, let's turn him into Stefan Urkel so I can have him as a boyfriend. So uh, that's what they do. That's what they do. Anyway, season eight. Wow. We have a lot of digressing time today. Season 8. By this point, Steve has his girlfriend, Myra Monkhouse, right? She's this, uh, she's this uh, petite young lady who is just, uh, speaking of horny for people, Myra is horny for Steve. And I'm sorry for saying the word horny much more than you're used to hearing on this particular podcast. But I think that's an accurate term to describe the uh, characters on this show. Which is uh, troubling. So... Steve, uh, he, he makes it no secret to his girlfriend, Myra. Like, yo, I love you, Myra, but uh, I'm always hot for Laura, Laura Winslow. But, uh, you know, a dude still has to live. So he's like, yo, uh, in the meantime, I'll be with you, Myra. Anyway, show starts off with uh, Steve showing his girlfriend, Myra, his newest invention, which is a teleportation machine. All right? That shouldn't surprise you at this point. Steve has created a cloning machine. He's been able to chemically alter his DNA. He's created sentient AI. Nobody gave a shit. So why not? Teleportation machine. Why not? By the way, I, I'm not even... It's, this isn't even a part of the trilogy, but he also creates a, a time-traveling machine in the show. Family matters. Family matters. Anyway, creates this teleportation machine. He, he tells uh, Myra that he has a friend in Paris named Nicole, and he sent her another teleportation pad so that he could test this machine. You know, it's not like, hey, uh, I created this teleportation machine. Let's test it from the kitchen to the living room. Nah, that's not good enough. We have to see if it'll take me all the way to Paris. So I have to send another pad all the way to Paris and hope it works. And you know, uh, I think it does, because the dad in the show, Mr. Carl Winslow, he's like waking up, and he's just walking by in the kitchen. He steps on the teleportation pad right as Steve is about to test it, and Carl Winslow is sent to Paris. He says, oh shit, oh shit, this is awesome. We can have a cheap vacation to Paris. So everybody, except for some reason, Ms. Myra, uh, gets teleported to Paris. And this is significant, listen to me, this is very significant. Because this means that everybody on Family Matters, except for Myra Monkhouse, everybody on Family Matters was just killed, murdered, if you will. Why is that? Because teleportation essentially kills you. As we know, teleportation as we know, unless you are being sucked into the air and flown somewhere else, which isn't really teleportation, I guess. But the idea of teleportation is that it chemically, or not chemically, but it, it breaks down the atoms in your body and recreates those atoms somewhere else. So it's pulling the atoms of you apart. And I don't know about you, but if my atoms got shredded to pieces and recreated somewhere, I would be dead. The, the part of me that was here in California that got uh, teleported to Paris, the California part is dead. They just recreated me with some Parisian atoms. All right? Are you following me here? It's bad news for California Chris, is what I'm trying to say. So, everybody, you know, uh, Eddie, Harriet, Carl, Carlo, Carl, Steve. Oh my gosh, everybody. Laura, even the clone, Stefan, they're all dead. Are you guys, are you guys feeling the impact of that? Anyway, they teleport to Paris, right? While they're there, Stefan, or the 
newly created clone of Stefan, uh, he starts asking uh, existential questions like, yo, I'm a clone. I don't have a past. I don't have a family. Do I even have a soul? And Laura's like, yo, who cares, bro? Let's bang. Let's bang. But then uh, while they're uh, walking the streets of Paris, they, uh, uh, they, they walk by some models doing a photo shoot. And uh, two of the male models start arguing with each other, and they start swinging fists, fighting, if you will. And the photographer there, he sees Stefan, he's like, yo, hey, bro, have you ever modeled before? You should try it, like, like right now. So suddenly the show turns into this corny music video where uh, Stefan is taking pictures with French girls on a car. And by corny music video, I mean it's like very uh, early 90s kind of thing where it's like that uh, choppy, choppy video. It's like purposefully low frame rate kind of thing. Anyway, let me digress a little bit more. After that happens, Steve and Nicole are walking through a garden for some reason, and she starts saying, yo, that teleportation machine you made, that, can, uh, that thing can make you into a billionaire. You can get rich. That's the point. And Urkel's like, yo, no way. No way. I only invented this so that people could see their grandma for Christmas. It's so, it's so, uh, what's the word? Uh, schmaltzy. It's purposely schmaltzy. Like, oh, Urkel's such a good guy. Like, as if he couldn't be a good guy and a rich guy. Anyway, Steve gets distracted by a bug or something. He goes to find a bug, and Nicole walks over to this bench and starts talking to this goober named Gilbert, or in French, uh, Gilbert. And uh, suddenly, the plot of this episode turns into this international spy mystery thing. He's like, did you get the blueprints for the teleporter? My, my French sounds uh, a little Russian. I do a better Russian accent than French. But he says, did you get the blueprints for the teleporter? And she's like, I need more time. And she says, I'll get them all horny later, and he'll tell me everything. Sorry, I said the word horny again, and I can't guarantee I'm not going to say it more times than that. Oh, my gosh, we're already at 17 minutes of the show. <laughs> so this is going to be a long episode of Chris to Chris, so I hope, you, uh, I hope you're okay with that. Maybe uh, spread the love uh Listen to this while you're uh, doing lots of things. Maybe uh, while you're sleeping. We're almost done with uh, episode one summary, by the way. So she says, I need more time. I'll, I'll get Steve horny later. He'll tell me everything, right? And then, after she says that, I shit you not. Gilbert says, Ooh, you make me wish you weren't my cousin. He says, you make me wish you weren't my cousin. He wants to bang his cousin. Boom. Right after that, it says, uh, to be continued. And, you know, if you uh, were paying attention to the clock as this was airing, you're like, oh, there's no way they're going to wrap this up right away. And they don't. They don't. So to be continued. So right after that, they show clips of every single thing, every single important thing that happens in the next episode. I gave that show, uh, what was it, uh, Victorious? I gave that show a hard time a few weeks back for, for doing the exact same thing. I forgot how prominent that was in the 90s. Uh, I remember... It, that really was a thing where they, they would just show you everything. They just lay out, hey, you, you don't want to miss next week's episode because we're going to do all of this stuff. I can't wait to see everything that happens. Anyway, uh, we'll, we'll get to all that. <laughs> we'll get to all that in a few, few minutes. But first... It's just the tip of the week. So sometime last week, I am pretty sure I broke a toe. Uh, it was my pointer toe or the equivalent of my pointer toe. You know, my index toe. Is that a thing? An index toe? It's been hurting for days now, several days now. Hurts right now. But I think it's like a hairline fracture at best. I, I feel like I have broken a toe in this capacity several times. But the other day, I, I finally decided to actually look down at my foot. I haven't been looking down at my foot because, you know, quarantine. Who cares, right? Who cares? Life is short. Life is long, whatever. Quarantine. But I finally decided to look down at my toe, and I see there's dried blood on a few of my toes. I'm like, yeah, I, I think I broke this sucker. I don't know when, but long enough to where some blood dried. What did I do to my feet? What did I do to them? Who knows? Who the hell knows? So on Monday, I'm complaining to my wife about my broken toe, and I say, oh, oh yeah, I should talk about this on the podcast. I should talk about my toe. And she's like, okay. So this episode is really just going to be whatever Chris wants to talk about, huh? Family matters, your toe. I think you need some friends, buddy. And she is right about that. 
I, I don't think she's a a big fan of episode 79 so far. I hope you guys are. <laughs> but that whole conversation made me think. Like, maybe you guys don't really care about my broken toe. You're like, no, we'd much rather hear about your toe than two more episodes of Family Matters. Sorry, but the uh, episode's already planned. We're talking about Family Matters, okay? I've had a million hairline fractures in my toe. But uh, who cares? Who cares, right? But then I saw this. U.S. government has officially finally recognized that UFOs exist. The Pentagon has uh, declassified three videos of some flying UFOs captured by the U.S. military. I believe it was the Navy. The New York Times actually showed these videos off in 2017, which is when I first watched them. And they're pretty interesting. You can, you can really dive down the rabbit hole with these things. Raytheon, they, they're Raytheon cameras. Uh, they show these things moving and stopping on a dime at some crazy fast speeds. And people are like, well, maybe it's just a smudge on the camera. But you can see the actual camera... Uh, uh, UI, the user, I don't know if you call it the user interface, but the uh, the uh, visuals on the screen adjust for the size of this thing as it gets further and uh, as it gets further away and moves around. So you know it's legit. That's my point. It's a real UFO. And everyone's saying, well, that doesn't mean it's aliens. That doesn't mean it's aliens. Well, no. No, I guess that doesn't mean it's aliens. But I also don't know why the idea of aliens is so crazy to some people because the universe friends is huge it's huge you guys really think that you are a part of the only planet with life on it the universe is huge and when you think about it in that context you realize that we are pretty far uh behind like you know not behind but we are not as advanced as we really think we are because we are technically the most advanced uh we're living in the most advanced timeline of Earth as we know it, but we're not uh, doing intergalactical space travel like these uh, possible aliens. I don't know. We can, we can talk about uh, UFOs and aliens in a future episode, but I wanted to at least glaze over it in this week's episode just to prove to my wife that we're not just going to talk about Urkel and my broken toe, okay? But just to be clear... Aliens are out there, right? Whether or not they're on this Raytheon camera, they're out there. And the fact that we have footage of these uh, these ships moving in ways that a, a, a U.S. or, or Chinese-made or Japanese-made or, or German-made uh, aircraft can never move. You know, like, we, we think of a, a jet moving uh, aerodynamically and it has to go at this speed and it can stop by doing this and that and blah 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 as you could tell i am a a seasoned fighter pilot point is i think aliens are real and uh you're wrong if you disagree with me also the other point is this week's tip of the week is to buy some steel-toed socks and if they don't exist please invent them for me actually you know what? i'm gonna pat patent that if you make that i will uh, sue you <sighs> anyway uh Let's move on to a little thing we like to call Video Game Corner. Okay, so this is not totally about video games, but that is nothing new if you've been uh, listening to this show for any amount of time. Any amount of time. It's very often that Video Game Corner takes a left turn. Takes a left turn. So let's talk about some uh, theaters. AMC theaters, to be specific. They are now refusing to play any movies from Universal Pictures, any Universal Films. Because uh, they released Trolls World Tour straight to video on demand, or VOD, if you are pretentious like me. I don't know if you guys have heard, but uh, there's this pandemic thing that's been going around. It's been causing businesses to close down, namely movie theaters in this case. Uh, pretty much all movie theaters across the country are closed, except for maybe in a few states there might be some uh, drive through theaters, drive through drive-in theaters that are still open. So people are staying at home, you know, they're, they're renting movies at home, they're streaming, whatnot. So movie theaters have been pr hit pretty hard, and uh, they've been nervous about their uh, viability, and I don't blame them. Right before this, this thing really blew up, I canceled our AMC movie pass because I couldn't justify it anymore. First of all, I was using it like once a month, so I was still ending up 
paying a little bit more than I would have paid if I just bought two tickets once a month. So I canceled it right before, and then right after that, AMC said, okay, we're going to close all our theaters, quote-unquote, voluntarily. You know, if they could right now, they would open theaters back up, except there's no movies coming to theaters anymore. Actually, if you go to RottenTomatoes.com, I don't even think they show uh, movies that are opening this week anymore. They they show uh, top streaming movies and that sort of thing. Anyway, more digressing. Universal Pictures, uh, they look at the situation and they say, look, we've got these movies that we are planning to release right now, and we have no idea when the theaters are going to be back. So we're going to try to just send Trolls World Tour straight to video on demand. And it was a big success for them. Just in North America alone, within three weeks, they made $100 million. Or as... uh, What's his name? Dr. Evil? He would say 100 million. I was about to give the worst Dr. Evil impression ever. 100 million bucks, okay? That's what they made. They made 100 million bucks according to the Hollywood Reporter just in North America. So the CEO of their parent company, he starts bragging about how this was such a, a big deal for Universal and that they have no regrets, right? But apparently... AMC did not like that one bit. You know, they were kind of sitting by quietly, just like looking at him like, okay, okay, see what happens, bro. It was like very, very hood shit. They were looking at him like, okay, keep bragging, keep bragging, turn around, watch what happens to you. But then he he started bragging to the public. And now, because they, they, they went out of their way to make a big deal about it, AMC is saying, fuck you you okay fuck you universal the amc ceo mr adam aaron put out a statement that said it is disappointing to us but jeff's comments as to universal's unilateral actions and intentions have left us with no choice therefore effective immediately amc will no longer play any universal movies in any of our theaters in the united states europe or the middle east Now, this is significant because AMC is the largest theater chain, at least in America. And he says that this policy affects any and all Universal movies per se going into effect today. And as our theaters reopen, and it is not some hollow or ill-considered threat. Incidentally, this policy is not aimed solely at Universal out of peak or to be punitive in any way. It also extends to any movie maker who unilaterally abandons current windowing practices absent good faith negotiations between us so that they as a distributor blah, 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 blah. Pretty much saying, like, look, we're telling Universal, fuck you, and anyone else that tries this shit again, fuck you too. We're not playing your movie. Drawing a line in the sand saying, look, you need us. We are the biggest theater out there. You need us. And to a certain extent they do because they're the biggest theater, biggest chain. And most of the revenue from a movie, I believe, comes from the theater. Usually, usually, except for those cult hits that that blow up later on video. So if you're not understanding why AMC is so pissed off, it's because they consider this a huge threat to their livelihood. And they're not wrong. They're not wrong, right? Like, if people could stay home, especially for a movie like Trolls World Tour, most parents are probably like, look, I don't don't care. I do not need to drive two, three, four kids to the theater to watch Trolls World Tour. My dad used to call that shit a $15 nap, right? Now that prices have increased, it would have been a $30 nap if he just took me him, uh, or him and his, my little brother. 30 buck nap. Because he'd just knock out. He'd just fall asleep. He, I remember he took my brother to that parrot movie, Polly. He's like, that was a $15 nap. So I could totally see it, right? Parents are like, look, I, I don't care. Especially for a kid's movie. I don't care. I do not need to... I, I can rent that thing. I can I can walk out and do my own thing. I could watch something else. I live in the future. I could do whatever I want. So, yeah, you could see why AMC is threatened. And if big studios keep bragging about how successful they are when they skip the theater, it's going to start a domino effect, no doubt. Other 
other uh, movie uh, studios are going to do the same thing. AMC is worried about that, and they're right to. They're right to. People just rather stay home. Why do I need to go to a theater? I mean, there are reasons to go to a theater, right? That Christopher Nolan movie, Tenet, was supposed to come out in July. Who knows if it'll actually happen. But that movie seems like it would be perfect to see in IMAX, in a theater. But now, people are scared of theaters. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter when when uh, your state officially declares a state reopened. Go back to the theater. That's what they're going to say. But a lot of people are not going to go back to a theater for a very, very long time. Theaters are legitimately in trouble. And I don't, I don't relish saying that. I was very much looking forward to taking my son to a, a, like a D-Box movie or, a, or a, I forgot what they're called with AMC, but pretty much a, a, a movie where the seats move. You could watch a regular-ass movie. You could watch Avengers. You could watch... We saw Crawl. My wife and I saw Crawl. I think we talked about it on the podcast. The seats moved. I was looking forward to doing that with my son. Hopefully, I still can one day. But you can see why AMC is scared of that. So most people would rather stay home if they have the choice, at least with a kid's movie, right? You could either spend over $50 for a family of four to see one stupid kid's movie, or you could spend $20 and everyone could see it, or, you know, just whoever you want to see it could see it. You could pause the movie, you could piss, you can go get snacks. It's fine, it's great. You'll get it for 48 hours, 24 hours even. Who cares, right? It's a totally different thing. Changes the game. A lot of people are going to opt for that. And don't get me wrong, I love seeing a great movie on the big screen. But uh, this, is, this is not an idle threat to movie theaters. This is real. They might not ever recover from this. So AMC is now banning all Universal films going forward. And you know what I think, Mike? Dell? you know what I think? I think AMC is full of shit. I think they're full of shit because... They need Universal just as much as Universal needs them. You know how many blockbuster movies Universal puts out? Just coming out, they've got Fast 9, Minions, Candyman, Jurassic World 3, Halloween, the Blumhouse movies. They've got a lot of big movies coming out, right? Bunch of other stuff too, right? Bunch of unnamed projects. So you think AMC's just going to go, yeah, 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 we don't need your money. We've been saying for years now, that uh, we might go under, but we don't need your money. You think they're going to turn away Jurassic World 3 or Fast 9? Nah, nah. Theaters are a two-way street, you know? They, they need each other. It's, it's symbiotic. So I think they're just peacocking right now, which is ironic because the company that owns Universal is uh, Comcast, which also owns the streaming service Peacock. I don't blame them. I don't blame them, but uh, I think I think AMC will definitely cave. I mean, it's possible. What's going to happen here? What's most likely going to happen is a statement will be will be made saying Universal will only put out movies, uh, certain movies, and uh, AMC. Will, I don't know. There, there'll be some kind of statement <laughs> like that. That sounded uh, really lame and uh, weak. Like I didn't know what the hell I was talking about. But I think there will be some kind of statement saying uh, that they've reached some kind of agreement. But uh, Regal also uh, followed up with AMC saying, yeah, we're going to do the same thing. But it was a little bit more neutered. They said, yeah, we will not play Universal movies either as long as those movies are also coming to video on demand at the same time. Because that was part of what Universal was bragging about. They said, look, in the future, we plan to release movies on video on demand and theaters at the same time. Regal saying, we'll still play Universal movies as long as those movies don't come out to video on demand at the same time. So we will see. We will see who cowers here. Anyway, in actual video game news, Ubisoft announced a new Assassin's Creed video game called Assassin's Creed Valhalla. You play as this uh, Viking named... I believe his name is Blondie. Mike, you could check me on that. But I'm pretty sure his name is Blondie. And Odin is in it, which makes this an official tie-in with the latest God of War game on the PlayStation 4 because Odin is originally uh, from the God of War series. That's where he came from. That's where he sourced from. Don't look that up. Also, uh, Sony announced the uh, the PlayStation Plus games for the month of May, and boy, oh boy, are people excited because if you are a PlayStation Plus subscriber like myself, for the month of May, you get Farming Simulator and Cities Skylines. 
two games. Uh, I, I might be somewhat interested in City Skylines if I were playing that with a mouse and keyboard. It's like a simulation kind of game, kind of like The Sims, as far as I could tell from looking at it. And I'd be interested in Farming Simulator if uh, I had absolutely nothing else to play. So uh, thank you, Sony, for uh, using everybody's money well. Anyway, back to Urkel and Paris. We are uh, about 36 minutes in, and this is getting scary how long this episode might be. So episode two of this trilogy has uh, Steve and his clone Stefan doing a commercial for uh, Stefan's new job as a model because, yeah, that's apparently just what he does now. He's like, yo, I, I took a vacation to Paris, and now during my vacation I have this job as a model. And uh, while they're uh, not filming, you know, they're at, on the set, Stefan starts uh, opening up to Steve, and he starts asking existential questions about why he even exists in the first place. It's like, yo, why am I here, Steve? And Steve says, Stefan, you were the guy that I always wanted to be. You know, you were the cool me. You weren't as smart, but you were cool. And Stefan seems okay with that answer. He's like, oh, oh yeah? Awesome, cool, all right. As if he's not talking to the kid that played God one day just for the hell of it and literally invented him. He's like, yeah, you know what? I'm just going to sit here in this cloning machine and make a Stefan. Stefan is a clone, okay? Stefan is a clone. Just think about that. He will be lucky to live longer than five years, right? He's gonna be. Uh, he's, he's gonna. He's gonna age super fast, like your your solid snake in Metal Gear Solid Four or uh, Dolly the sheep. Dolly the sheep died fairly young, I think, for a sheep because she was a clone, and clones age fast. That's just facts, folks. Anyway, in the next scene, Nicole. Remember Nicole, uh, Steve's uh, pen pal in Paris. She tries to uh, to seduce Steve as promised. She tries to seduce, seduce him at night on a bench in Paris. But uh, Steve realizes that she's just trying to get rich with his teleporter. And he's like, I don't care how big or how small your tits are. I don't want to make any money on this thing, right? Just want to help grandmas and grandpas. But then as he's saying that, Mr. Gilbert pops up and he points a gun, a six-shooter, a revolver, a sitcom revolver at Steve. And then this uh, show becomes about a kidnapping. So he takes Steve through this empty opera house basement and he reveals his big plans for getting rich with this teleporter. Get this. Gilbert does not plan on getting rich by owning the patents and, and selling this thing. No, that would make too much sense. He tells Steve that he's going to steal art, and gold from museums and banks. Which is dumb. Which is dumb because that would require him to get another pad anywhere he wants to steal this thing. Hey, can you uh, ship this teleportation pad? Maybe put it in the middle of your bank vault? Anyway, he's like, look, nerd. You're going to build me a teleporter or I'm going to shoot you. After that, uh, they cut to a scene of Stefan and Laura doing some modeling. Uh, or some modeling uh, show in Paris. And it's a, it's another weird 90s music video with the chopped up frame rate. We're literally just watching Stefan and Laurel. Laurel. We're literally just watching Stefan and Laura and some other bozos walk the runway for three minutes straight. That's it. That's all it is. That's it. I mean, they'll cut to Carl and Harriet looking at them every now and then, but that's it. It's not good television. It's not good television at all. Anyway, after the show, the photographer is all like, yo, Stefan, you are really good at this modeling thing. You can do this in the big leagues. And Laura says, can he go pro in Chicago where we live? And the photographer is like, nah, bitch. If he wants to go pro, he's going to have to move to Paris. And then sad music plays and everybody reflects the, on the fact that they might lose this clone that Steve made in a basement a few months ago. They might lose him to Paris. Like, oh no, we're gonna, we're gonna miss Stefan. We've known him for so many weeks. Anyway, after that, it cuts back to, uh, to Steve in that opera basement, and it's just Nicole and Steve. And suddenly, Nicole has a conscience, and she tells him that Gilbert is going to kill him when it's all over. Boom again, to be continued. I think we got through episode two a lot quicker than episode one, so I, 
I'm happy about that because this is a long episode if I haven't mentioned. Anyway, let's move on to a little thing we like to call the news. So right after I recorded last week's episode, I pull out my phone and I check my notifications. And my notifications are filled with nothing but comments about Trump telling people to inject themselves with disinfectant and UV light. Oh, man. Look, two weeks ago on this show, we went in on Mr. Joe Biden, right? He deserved it. He deserved it. This week, it is Donald Trump's turn. And I apologize in advance for talking about politics more than usual on this show, but it is an election year. So you're going to have to get over it or you're going to have to get your mom to like this page on Facebook. Anyway, uh, normally we would play a clip of uh, Donald Trump talking about using UV light and disinfectant to destroy the virus. But Mike has made it very clear that he just does not care to try anymore. So just imagine you are listening to Donald Trump talking about injecting uh, disinfectant into your body very earnestly. Are you imagining? Close your eyes if you need to. Trump is uh, looking over to the side. He's saying, and I, I mentioned that uh, uh, we should look into uh, injecting disinfectant. Okay, can you picture it? Can you hear it? You probably already heard it at this point anyway. So that's an incredibly stupid thing to say, right? Can we agree on that? Can we agree on that? Can we, can we agree that for about 24 hours, everybody thought that that was a stupid thing to say? Yeah, about 24 hours. I, I saw plenty of conservatives say, yeah, that was a dumb thing to say, Trump. I cannot co-sign that. That was stupid. You don't you don't inject yourselves. Uh, I got the next day I saw all these notifications, Lysol saying, please do not inject yourself with our product. Ajax is probably saying the same thing. Do not inject yourself with bleach. Hey, it's Chris doing a correction here. Haven't done one of these in a while. I keep saying that Trump was telling us to inject ourselves. No, that is uh, the result of uh, lack of sleep on my end. No, Trump didn't tell us to directly inject ourselves, but he did earnestly say we should be looking into the idea of injecting people with disinfectant and UV light. That's all. Back to our regularly scheduled program. Everybody was in agreement. Conservatives, liberals, greens, everybody was in agreement. But then the, the next day happened, right? All of a sudden, my feeds are filled with these same people, the same conservatives, were posting bullshit uh, that Trump wasn't really talking about injecting yourself with Lysol and bleach. No, you guys are idiots. How could you think that? How could you think that? How could you think that thing that we were both in agreement with? No, of course not. He was talking about this medical procedure that nobody's ever heard of. He, he was talking about that. Trump knew about it. Yeah, of course. That's what he's talking about. He didn't mention it, of course, but that's what he meant. It totally disinfects you from the inside, and there's a good chance it might kill you. See, Trump was not the idiot here. You were the idiot. Not me. Not me. You were the idiot. So, the whole thing fell apart about a day later when uh, Trump starts telling reporters that, you know what? He wasn't talking about either of those things. He wasn't, he wasn't talking about this medical procedure. He wasn't talking about bleach. He was being sarcastic. So, I guess he was talking about bleach. He was talking about Lysol. But he was being sarcastic about it. No, of course not. You know, you don't inject yourself with Lysol. I, I, was, just, I was just being sarcastic. You know, first of all, that's incredible because that is some next level sarcasm. That's the kind of sarcasm where nobody is aware that somebody is being sarcastic, especially not Trump. Folks, uh, this week's news tip of the week is to stop defending everything your political leaders do. You don't need to do it. You don't need to do it. It makes you look like an asshole. If Republicans have to defend everything that Trump says, they are screwed. They are screwed. There, there's no... There, you, you, think about it. Most Republicans are ignoring a lot of the shit he says on Twitter because he says a lot of dumb shit on Twitter. Did you guys see him talking about the Nobel Prize? He was I don't remember I, I don't remember what he was saying about it. I, I remember uh, just, it's, it popped up into my feed. I follow Donald Trump on uh, Twitter because you kind of got to. It is a goldmine. And I remember seeing it. I'm like, oh, this, this fool cannot spell no. He doesn't know that it's the Nobel Prize. He was calling it the Nobel Prize time after time. It's not like just one autocorrect. He, he wrote it multiple times, the Nobel Prize. You know what he said when he was asked about it? 
He was being sarcastic. You know, I used to give Trump credit for uh, being able to kind of deflect really quickly. But he's kind of losing it too. Biden, losing it. Trump, losing it. Because that's lame, Trump. That is lame as hell. The Nobel Prize. Oh, I was being sarcastic. My typo was sarcastic. Or not, I, You can't even call it a typo when you don't know how to spell it. It's no longer a typo. If you keep spelling it that way over and over and over, it's not a typo. It's, I don't know how to spell that word. I didn't know that it was the Nobel Prize. Anyway, th- this is just like the, uh, the Democrats and Biden, you know? They are imploding right now because of this sex assault story with Biden. Which, by the way, you know, uh, the time this episode airs, Biden is, is supposed to be on Good Morning America finally addressing this thing. Because it's incredible what's happening. So far, the media has not asked Biden about this uh, rape accusation with Tara Reid one time. They've asked everybody else. Bernie Sanders has been asked about it. Uh, Ocasio-Cortez has been asked about it. Your mother has been personally asked about it. But you know who hasn't? Mr. Joe Biden. So by the time uh, this episode airs, it is very likely Biden will have uh, uh, fumbled his way through an interview with Good Morning America. I think it's Good Morning America. Uh, it's uh, Or Morning Joe. I don't know. It's the MSNBC show. So... Uh, I expect that to either be a disaster or one big softball game because they really want Biden to win. So uh, apparently believing women is only important when the Republicans are doing the raping. But, you know, we'll see what happens. We'll see what happens. Uh, this, uh, this episode has gotten kind of cynical. You know what I think we need? I think we need to talk about the conclusion to this Urkel in Paris trilogy. <laughs> so... Bear with me, folks. I know it's a long episode, but I hope you're having a good time with me. So, episode three. They spend the, uh, the first four minutes of this episode recapping the last two episodes. First four minutes, all right? That left them 17 minutes for actual story, which is really stretching it thin at this point. You can tell that they don't have a lot of story to tell. Now, up to this point, I didn't mention... Eddie's plot or the plot that Carl and Harriet were in because both of those plots are some filler bullshit. Nobody cares. I'm not going to change that now. I'm not going to even I'm not even going to entertain the idea. Anyway, we uh we we get a scene with our kidnapper, Mr. Gilbert and his goons. By the way, he has goons now. They don't talk about it. All of a sudden, Gilbert has some goons working for him underneath this opera basement, right? So we're, we're, we open the scene with Gilbert's goons, and Gilbert straight up tells Steve, once you're done making this thing for me, I'm going to kill you. And that is probably the stupidest thing you could say as a villain, right? If, you, if you're trying to uh, maintain leverage over somebody, you don't tell them that I'm going to kill you no matter what. But Gilbert does. So he tells Steve to, to test out this uh, teleporter that he just made for him. But he realizes that he is essentially letting Steve escape. He's like, no, I'm not going to test this thing. You test it, you nerd. And then uh, he realizes, like, oh, wait, if you test it, you're going to teleport away from me. So he jumps on the teleporter with Steve just as he's teleporting away. So uh, Steve and Gilbert teleport to Carl and Harriet's room, or their, their, their hotel room, right before they're about to go down to Pound Town, I assume. And Steve is like, Carl, he's trying to kill me. And they're running around the room, and uh, then there's some, like, sitcom-ass fight choreography, and the whole thing goes batshit from there, right? Somehow, Carl, Steve, and Gilbert, all three of them, get teleported to the opera house. And then everyone goes all wacky chan on each other. You like that, Mike? Wacky chan? I feel like I just uh, coined that. Wacky chan. Everything goes all wacky chan. So you've got uh, Carl's big ass. He's, he's, he's fighting people with flagpoles, and they start running around through the opera house. It's very uh, bad slapstick is what it is. And uh, they run all the way outside, and Carl finds some dude with his little green trash truck, and Carl flashes his badge, and he's like, Chicago PD, I'm commandeering this vehicle. And then there's like a three-minute chase scene through Paris, right? I'm not kidding. By the way, they actually filmed this in Paris. This isn't some Hollywood set. They paid people. They, they took this, this cast and crew on a vacation to Paris, essentially. Like, yo, we're on season eight. We can do what we want. We're going to Paris, bitch. So there, there, there's this three-minute chase theme, theme. Why can't I say the word scene? 
Maybe because I need uh, spit, saliva. So I'm going to drink some agua. I'm going to talk through the process as if that, as if that is good uh, podcasting. Uh, hydrated. So the, they, they do this chase scene, right? And uh, it's pretty much Steve. Okay, so Carl and the, the driver are inside of the truck. And on top of the truck is Steve and some dude dressed in a wig pretending to be Nicole. And that's what it looks like. Some dude dressed in a wig pretending to be Nicole. They're right on top and they're throwing trash at the dudes trying to chase them as if that's like some cool like bad boys scene. By the way, if you haven't seen uh, Bad Boys for Life, they have a pretty good uh, chase scene. You should watch it. Anyway, this scene goes on so long that it literally just fades to black as they run through the streets of Paris. They're like, okay, you, you get the picture. We're moving on. And then after that, they move on to a slow, quiet scene between Laura and the clone, Stefan. Laura says, Stefan, I've been in love with you from the first moment Steve created you four weeks ago. But it's your destiny to become a model in Paris. Also, our writers don't know what to do with you yet. And then Stefan's like, Laura Lee Winslow, I love you so much. And they kiss and the fountains, I was going to use the word ejaculate, but I won't use that, but... Uh, the fountains erupt, we'll say that. And then after that, they, we cut back to the long-ass chase scene between uh, everybody, <laughs> Gilbert, Carl, Steve, Nicole. So Gilbert is chasing Steve all the way up to the Eiffel Tower. Somehow they got separated. Uh, they don't really explain that. Somehow, uh, Gilbert, it's just a, a chasing between Steve and Gilbert. And Gilbert chases Steve all the way up to the top of the Eiffel Tower. Nobody stops them. No... No Parisian police are involved anywhere in this process. Chases him all the way up to the top of the Eiffel Tower. Somehow, he gets Steve hanging over the Eiffel Tower. So Steve is hanging on for dear life over the Eiffel Tower. By the way, Carl now has the teleportation pad. And uh, Nicole's like, look, 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 Steve's up there hanging. And uh, Carl's like, oh shit, we gotta, we gotta set up the teleporter pad real quick. Gilbert's like, I am going to murder you, Steve Urkel. And he literally does. He pries Steve Urkel's hands off of the Eiffel Tower and he starts falling to his death. And as Steve Urkel is falling, I think to myself, I remember when this show talked about growing up. I remember when somebody spray painted the N-word, a racial slur on Laura's locker. That was heavy. That was heavy. Now, I'm watching the mad scientist high schooler flying off of the Eiffel Tower to his death. So after that, Carl cranks that teleporter on real quick. He manages to line it up just right. He's like, yo, Steve, he does some real quick trigonometry and geometry. He's like, yo, Steve, the angle he's falling, the speed he's falling, I need to put it right here. Turn it on right now. So Carl cranks on that teleporter real quick. Steve manages to fall right into its path and teleport right back to their home in Chicago next to his girlfriend, Myra Monkhouse. Now, don't ask me the physics involved in that because as far as I could tell, Steve was still falling at quite a fast speed from quite a high height. But when he falls, he just kind of lands gently on his feet, sits down on the couch, and Myra's like, yo, I I got a dude to bang here because Myra was horny for Steve. I think that is the last time we will use the H word in this episode. So, <laughs> so, <laughs> after that, you know, that's the end. That's the, that's the climax of this show. They, uh, they have climaxed. So, after all that, they, they tell, the whole family decides to teleport back home, except for Stefan, right? Because he's staying in France to become a famous modeling clone. It was all very touching. It was all very touching, and I highly recommend you watch the full trilogy to get the full effect. It's on Hulu. Season 8. I believe it's Season 8. I keep saying Season 8. So I believe it's Season 8, first three episodes. Watch it. Hey, Del. Del, please wake up and tell us what time it is. Chris to Chris presents Listen Question Time. Thank you, Del. I think this might go down as the longest episode of Chris to Chris. But I hope it was worth it. I mean, I know this is not going to be everybody's cup of tea, but I sure had a blast talking about family matters. And I'd like to know if you guys were interested in this at all. 
or if this was just like a fuck you Chris moment. I hope I didn't lose you guys, and I hope you totally are getting your your mom to like this page on her Facebook page, on her uh, phone, whatever. Let's answer some questions. That's what I'm trying to say. Ken asks, of all the COVIDs, 1 through 19, which was your favorite and why? I like the way you asked that question because it was very much uh, giving me some sort of uh, PTSD from every essay question I've ever had to answer. So, Ken, COVID-2 was just the sequel we needed after COVID-1, which I assume was around 9-11, because if you guys don't know, the COVIDs are not named based on which COVID they are, despite what Kellyanne Conway says. The COVIDs are named after the year that uh, they were diagnosed. So, or, yeah, I guess diagnosed. That's a fine word. That's a fine word at the time I'm recording this, okay? So I assume COVID-1 was uh, in 2001, unless it was 2000. Shit. It's got to be 2001, right? It would be COVID-0 in the year 2000. Anyway, right after 9-11 happened, we needed something to distract us. We needed something to rally around, something that also did not destroy the economy and kill your grandparents like a COVID-19. So I think that was uh, COVID-2 was probably the great distraction we needed. Devin asks, have you ever made a graham cracker from scratch? What did you just call me? What did you just call me? Did you ever make a graham cracker? Oh, oh, you said a graham cracker. Devin, I have never made a uh, graham cracker, uh, but I can confidently say that I have used many a graham cracker to make uh, s'mores at s'mores, 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 marshmallows, graham crackers, and chocolate. I've put those things together at campfires. Pretty good, pretty good. Actually, uh, there was a time a few years ago where my wife and I were just kind of making them as desserts for uh, dessert. You know what? Uh, We're about to hit that threshold where the brain just stops working. And you just completely tune out. You're like, oh, this fool's talking about s'mores. Maybe we move on to the next question. Thanks for the question, Devin. Ken asks, have you ever thought of making a prequel to Chris to Chris? Yes, as a matter of fact, we have. We're going we're gonna to make that prequel right after this show gets canceled, a la Breaking Bad. They made Better Call Saul, which is a great show, by the way, if you're not watching it. It is one of the best shows on TV. We are going to make a prequel to Chris to Chris once it gets canceled. We're going to call that prequel Sperm to Egg. Thanks for the question, Ken. Colos Dolos asks, why didn't I ask a question last week? Well, Colos, I believe it's because you were angry at Mike, right? And for that, uh, we sincerely apologize. Mike will not happen again. Marquez asks, oh, this is a tough one, Wingstop or Steak? That is a, a, a big question, Marquez. Wingstop or steak? Well, I actually just had Wingstop tonight. I had a Cajun flavored, which is a spicier flavor. All Cajun wet with garlic dipping sauce. Fries well done, extra seasoning. It was delicious. Oh, man, it was so good. But I also had a steak earlier this week. Bone-in ribeye. Rarish. It was it was medium rare, but bordering on rare. Seasoned well with uh, butter and uh, ASMR. It was really good. It was really good. So you've put me in a pickle. This is practically chicken or egg. I just don't know. I just don't know. But I would say on any given Sunday, probably steak. But when I'm ready for some quick trashy food you can't go wrong with some cajun wing stop wet thanks for the question marquez colos dolos asks is mike available for a friendly game of manhunt saturday at midnight by the docks tell him to come alone mike did you get all that come alone okay uh don't forget to uh wear your reflective vest we don't want to waste colos's time or bullets thanks for the question colos ken asks what is mike's origin story that's a great question ken Mike was actually born a quadruplet. Mike and his three brothers fell down a sewer when they were still in their eggs. When they finally hatched, 
they were covered in this green ooze that uh, that caused them to mutate and gave them the ability to to bitch and whine and cut audio for podcasts. Their nemesis is the uh, the evil shredder and uh, being a pleasant human being. Thanks for the question, Ken. Ken also asks, what is your favorite animated series? Oh, man. First, let me give you my runner-ups, right? Batman, the animated series, uh, one of my favorites of all time. It totally uh, was revolutionary for the time. It also was the uh, origin for Batman Beyond, which was another great series. Avatar, The Last Airbender. Italian. That's what I'm doing. I'm giving the Italian kiss with the hand motion. Avatar, The Last Airbender, wonderful show, uh, terrible movie, but the uh, the animated series, fantastic, can't recommend it enough, I should rewatch it. I'll rewatch it with my son, that'll be great. Uh, also, uh, I like South Park, that's a little bit more of a divisive answer, uh, and South Park, is n- it's hit and miss, but often hit, when it hits, it hits great. Uh, Simpsons, of course, you know, like the first uh, seven, eight, maybe some of the ninth season, and there might be some hidden gems sprinkled throughout the rest of it, the rest of those 30 plus years. But first, we'll say seven, eight seasons are, are pretty damn good. But uh, those are not my favorite uh, animated series. My favorite animated series of all time, or the, or that was your question. It wasn't best. It's your favorite. My favorite animated series is King of the Hill. I mentioned it earlier in the episode. King of the Hill. That's it. All right? It's, it's the best, bar none. And when the show first was airing for the first few years, I'd see commercials promos for it i just i did the same thing a lot of people did i just dismissed it as some redneck trash i'm like eh, who cares i don't want to see a bunch of rednecks that's not what the show is i mean there there are a handful of redneck characters every now and then but that's not what the show is it is a wonderful show it is a wonderful show and it fits very much in line with uh, my sense of humor so I like it very much. It's very subtle. There's so many jokes. Even still to this day, I'll rewatch it over and over again. And they'll say something like, ah, you sly, dry son of a bitch. It's good. It's good shit. And I haven't given you anything to go by outside of that it's good. Watch King of the Hill. It's on Hulu if you have the Hulu. Watch King of the Hill. Ken asks, if you had the ability to fly, would you still play the lottery? That is a very creative question. I, I like it a lot. Ken, I would only do this if I had a gambling problem too. Every now and then I will play a scratcher because I do not have the ability to fly yet. But if I could fly, I'm pretty much guaranteed to be rich for life, right? I could I could fly. I could make money based off of being the flying man, right? People would pay to see that. Just for that alone. People would pay a lot of money to see a guy that could fly. But outside of that, you could be uh, like Gilbert, only smarter, and you could fly over uh, events and steal things and, and whatnot, but pretty much the idea of being the show pony that can fly, that's where your big moneymaker is. So yeah, I, I probably wouldn't need to, to play the lotto, but maybe I would because the odds of being a flying person are very slim, so if I could fly, maybe my odds of winning the lotto are high. You know, I just need to avoid uh, flying into the power lines and, and jet engines so that uh, the rest of my life isn't super short. Thanks for the question, Ken. As always, if any of you want to ask a question, you can. On our uh, social medias, we're at Up and Loaded, U-P-N-L-O-A-D-E-D, on Facebook, on Twitter, on Instant Graham Cracker, and, of course, our website, uploaded.com. Let's wrap up with some poll results. Last week we asked, Hey, mister, can you buy me some smokes? third of you were cool. A third of you were cool. You said, yeah, anything for you, kid. The rest of you guys said, no, you look like a cop. So screw you. But I'll, I'll win your favor next time. I don't mean it. I don't mean it. This week's poll asks, should we be afraid of 5G? I feel like we should have talked about 5G in the episode for that poll to be relevant. But I want to know, should we be afraid of 5G? The, uh, the local groups I'm involved in on Facebook seem to think I should be terrified. Of course, don't forget to subscribe to the show anywhere podcasts are sold for free. Guys, you really stuck it out with us if you if you got this far. I really commend you. I do want to know what your thoughts are on uh, talking sitcom episodes. This was very long-winded. I can admit to that. But if you had a good time, I had a good time. We could do it again. It's not a threat. It's not a promise. It's a question. All right? 
This has been episode 79 of Chris to Chris. Do me a favor and enjoy your weekend or else.